0: Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to
1: hear. The Gospel is Matthew 2 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that this, this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with the mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with a gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another word, the word of God for the people of God.
0: Once upon a time, there was a king, and he wanted to last forever and be like the Energizer Bunny and keep going and going and going and going. This king was named King of Judea by a Roman Senate and ruled Jewish Palestine for over 30 years. He was wealthy. He was politically savvy. He was extremely loyal to Rome. And he remained in good standing with the successive Roman emperors. He was connected. He knew how to network. And with this imperial position came great power and he loved it. He levied heavy taxes on the citizens. And he resented that many Jewish people considered him to be a usurper of his power. But because of this, he feared uprisings throughout his reign. He was constantly paranoid, even with his own family. No one was going to steal his stardom. When he was sick in later years, his paranoia and his fears only increased. The fears were his food day and night. With these fears, he became crueler, leading to the execution of his own wife and at least two of his sons. Let's just say he wasn't a family man. He trusted no one, and no one trusted him, and he saw himself as a star of sorts, and no one and nothing was going to mute his thunder or dim his glory or his light. And this is none other than the King Herod that we read about this morning in Matthew. And so when we read the Scripture and it begins, In the time of King Herod. He is warning us that there are many dangers, toils, and snares on the horizon in this biblical story. But what Herod did not realize at this time is that he was a falling star. Now, I'm not an astronomer, but the physical makeup of the universe, there are falling stars or shooting stars that are streaks of light that you can sometimes see in the night sky. They're caused by tiny bits of dust and rock, Called meteoroids falling into Earth's atmosphere and burning up. And that short lived trail of light the burning meteoroid produces is called a meteor. Meteors are commonly called falling stars or shooting stars. Falling stars may produce some light, but they are short lived and they eventually burn up. They don't last forever. But Herod did not understand this. He desired eternal, infinite, luminous glory that would shine forever as a king. But he was a falling star. The problem is, I think sometimes we have a sense in which we see ourselves negatively as falling stars. We recognize our own abilities, knowledge, or skills, or lack thereof. We begin to see that we are getting older and we're losing touch and we don't see the world the way the world sees things and we fear change and, like Herod, we resist it. But we have to learn. No more poignant time is this a reality that I face when watching New Year's Eve programming on TV and have to Google the artists that are performing every year. For example, did you know that DJ Khalid and Khalid were two different artists all together? I had no idea that that was a thing, but I had to learn. Maybe the pop culture world helps us a little bit more friendly approach this idea of falling stars or shooting stars, because even the stardom that we celebrate today does not last forever. Even the stars today are falling. and That reminds us of the seasons, how things change in the world. And it reminds us that the seasons of the church year are different because we celebrate the moments in which God's presence is revealed through Jesus Christ, and it helps us frame time differently. And so the seasons of human life are illuminated by the seasons of the world around us, and the church helps us model and learn the way God tries to get our attention. The 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas Day and bring us to this Epiphany Sunday. The 40 days of Lent, we grieve with God on the journey to Jerusalem. In the seven weeks of Easter, we rejoice in the triumph of life over death. And during these seasons of the church, we have time for celebration, for grieving, for rejoicing. But it does not mean that observing them necessarily indicates that our emotions will be correct. Because maybe you haven't felt close to God in these last 12 days of Christmas. Maybe, like me, you took your Christmas decorations down as soon as you could for fear of catching fire to the house because you forgot to water the Christmas tree. Maybe not. Maybe so. Easter brings us into a different mystery that we proclaim by faith, yet it's brought upon by grief, and we find ourselves wrapped up in the emotions and the church year. And this Sunday is one that helps us pause as we transition from Christmas into new life, because the seasons help us experience the gospel truth in various circumstances. And we come today to Epiphany. And in many Christian communities throughout the world, from ancient times to present, January 6th is more important than December 25th. Ellen Davis, professor of Old Testament at Duke Divinity School, told a story of when one of her students, who was on a mission trip to Sudan, called her up and asked, what exactly is Epiphany? The theological college where she was teaching canceled classes to celebrate this church holiday that this student very rarely heard of. Dr. Davis really didn't know how to respond in that moment, but she reflected by saying, this is what I wish I would have said. Epiphany is a burst of light coming out of darkness. Epiphany is a flash of wild hope in God where there is plenty of reason for despair. She says that the prophet Isaiah gives us a clue to the season when he announces, look, darkness covers the earth And thick darkness covers the nations. Yet over you the Lord dawns, and his glory can be seen over you. People, Gentiles, will come to your light. Lift up your eyes and look around. Now, if we notice what Isaiah does not say here or anywhere else, is that he does not say that when God's light comes, darkness as we know it simply goes away. No biblical writer ever says that, but what Isaiah does say is that against the thick darkness, a point of light can be seen, and we call that God's glory. It becomes visible, at least to some, and we can be among them. But here we are on Epiphany, still at Christmastide, the season of seeing, believing, and searching. And it culminates on this day in which we see, in which we seek, in which we search for that which is already among us. So how have you responded over these 12 days of Christmas? Maybe it's grief and fear. Despite the acknowledgement of death at his birth, these wise men were glad, unlike Herod. The wise men that came stalked the star, chased the star because of an overwhelming sense of joy. They were not falling stars like Herod, jealous or anxious, because the presence of Jesus for those who were waiting for that light invoked a deep experience of joy. These wise men, these astrologers, these magi came from the East to pay homage to Jesus, to the Messiah. Matthew does not specifically tell us if there were three or even if they were kings, but we do know on their journey that they had a hard time. But they wanted to give something to Jesus, not take from him. They weren't asking him to answer a prayer, give direction for their lives, or to help them win the lottery, but they searched for Jesus in order to worship him in a manger. They didn't try to hold on to their past, their possessions, or their pedigree. They were glad for their spiritual death because, in contradiction to Herod's philosophy, God was alive. Herod wanted the power. The Magi's chased the light. The joy entered the world, and the joy of the wise men overflowed into their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh with no strings attached. And that is the joy of Christmas. The gifts, as one commentator notes, represent the tools that would pave the way for Jesus' life. Myrrh and frankincense to adorn him at his death, and gold to celebrate the King of Kings. The wise men offered their livelihood. They offered everything that they had, everything that they were. They had nothing to lose, but they had everything to gain. For the king had finally arrived. Now, we know that not everyone out there searches for Jesus, and we know that there are some who are antagonistic or apathetic or skeptical of the Christ, and I realize that not everyone is in the Christian camp, in the body of believers, so to speak. There are plenty of options out there in this world that we live in, and I get that, but I'm not here to talk about religious options this morning. We're here to talk about Jesus, the divinely human person, the God in the flesh, the child yet a king, born to sit on a throne, but born in a lonely manger. And the reality is that wherever you find yourselves on the journey, there are going to be people, perhaps like you, searching, longing, and looking For something or someone to fill the void in their lives. And they'll try to fill it with relationships, with academic pursuits, with sports, with work, with community service, with drugs, with alcohol. And the question that we have to ask ourselves in the searching is who or what are we searching for? Maybe you're restless and you're searching for Jesus. And if so, why are you searching for him? is it to get something or is it to give something? Why do you pray? Is it to get something or is it to give something? Why do we sing? Is it to get something or is it to give something? Why do we talk about Jesus? Is it to get something or to give something? The birth of Christ is an opportunity for us to give before we ever have a chance to receive. The light of God shining in the darkness, the light of the world illuminating from a manger stall, the warm brilliance of the Christ child that lures us in with love and light. He lies in a manger even today, but he still searches our hearts. We may be searching for him, but he is a shepherd who hunts for us like lost sheep. And if you feel lost, he is searching for you. We don't come to get, but we end up receiving anyway, because we give to God everything that we have, our gold, our frankincense armor, and God gives us his greatest gift, Emmanuel, God with us. We may not give in order to get, but in our giving, we receive and we search for Jesus. The good news is that we are not falling stars like King Herod. We are not falling stars like the old King Herod who's near his days, and we are not shooting rising stars like a young King Herod rising to power. We are called to be star chasers, searching for light, so that we can follow the light, so that we can see the light, so that we can know the light, so that we can be the light now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. There are supposed to be approximately 19 meteor-meteor showers this year in the year 2019, visible in the state of Georgia. So go out, not to be the falling stars, not to be the shooting stars, but to chase the star of Bethlehem, our Savior, Jesus Christ. As you go, go with this blessing. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.